what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. When it comes to the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no compromise. Are you hearing me? You cannot compromise when it comes to the Gospel because both parties lose. The church loses its conviction and the world out here will never get saved. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, this morning to 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings, chapter 18, 2 Kings, chapter 18, we're going to pick it up in verse 13 today, 2 Kings 18, verse 13. Now in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib king of Assyria come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended, return from me. That which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah king of Judah three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. One particular Bible commentator said that that's somewhere around twenty million dollars worth. Today's inflated economy under the Biden administration, that'd probably be around sixty million dollars worth. Verse 15, And Hezekiah gave them all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching for just a few minutes. The great sin of King Hezekiah. The great sin of King Hezekiah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before the people and to minister your word. I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I realize on the other side of this microphone that there are many needs. And Lord, I lean not upon my own ability But, Lord, I lean upon you. I must have your strength today, Lord. I must have your anointing today to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, that the needs might be met. Lord, the questions might be answered. Lord, that the people will be edified and drawn closer to you. Lord, that is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. This of which I have just read to you is a sad commentary on the part of Hezekiah. But before we point the finger at him and criticize too much, 
perhaps we need to walk a mile in his shoes and be placed under the pressure and in the situation that he was placed in. The Bible says that Sennacherib, the king of the Assyrian army, had come up against Judah, the southern kingdom. He took every city, town, and village, and now he stands with 185,000 trained men of war, and they surround the walls of Jerusalem. And he's not playing games. He means business. He wants to take over. I want you to understand the pressure that King Hezekiah is under. He has three men who advise him on what to do. One is Shebna. The other is Eliakim and the prophet Isaiah. Eliakim and Isaiah the prophet encouraged Hezekiah to trust God. Now that sounds good. The thing about it is when you trust God, many times you're not supposed to do anything. While all the time the flesh is screaming, you got to do something, you got to do something, you got to do something. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? I've been there many times in the middle of a situation and you don't know what to do and you know you're supposed to trust God and you pray to God and you seek God and you hear nothing. Let me give you some advice today. When you're praying and seeking God about a particular thing and he's silent and says nothing, it's best for you to do nothing. He listens to Shebna. Shebna had the vote of the people. The majority of the people sided with Shebna, and Shebna is the one who encouraged Hezekiah to do this thing of which I have just read to you and to reach out to Egypt for help. Not good. But we look at all of this now and we see where Sennacherib has surrounded Jerusalem. And just a few years earlier, Sennacherib and his mighty armies took the northern kingdom and carried them away as slaves. And we can look at that and we see that That was a judgment of God upon the northern kingdom because they would not repent after having message after message given to them, warning them, telling them to turn to God, but they would not. And God allowed the Assyrians, Sennacherib and the Assyrian army to come in and take over and to make slaves of the people and carry them away to Assyria. We can understand that, but this is the question today now. Why does God allow Sennacherib and the Assyrian army to come against the southern kingdom of Israel? As we've talked about it in past Sundays, King Hezekiah was one of the godliest kings to ever grace the throne of the southern kingdom.
He opened up the house of God, reinstituted the sacrificial system. He started the Passover back up again, had all of Israel to come and celebrate as many as would. He set the courses for the priests and Levites so that there would always be someone there at the temple working and to minister to the needs of the people. The Word of God is being preached and taught, and we see the people going out, and they're tearing down false gods. They're tearing down idols and the high places. Reformation is taking place. Revival is taking place in the land. People are starting to come now, and they're bringing their tithes and offerings to the house of God, if that tells you anything. They are experiencing a revival. And yet in the midst of this revival, God allows Sennacherib, the enemy, king of the Assyrian Empire, to come against the southern kingdom. Why? Someone has said that our greatest battle comes just before a great victory or after a great victory, and sometimes both. Victory, victory over what? Victory over whatever problem you may be having. And you're like, well, what kind of problems is the southern kingdom of Israel having? It sounds like to me everything's going good. They're having revival and all this is going on. What in the world can be the problem? The Bible tells us that Hezekiah had a problem with pride. Pride was the problem. It's a heart problem. It is hidden. We look at this man who has brought about all this reformation to the southern kingdom of Israel. God is moving. People are turning to God. We're, we're experiencing a revival, and we look at all the good things that this man has done, and on the outward appearance, everything looks fine. But the Holy Spirit bears it out. If you'll look there in Second Chronicles 32, verse 25. The Bible says, Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Pride. His heart was lifted up, therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. God cannot stand pride. It's the deification of self. And God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That includes you. Pride was the downfall of Lucifer. If you'll go to Ezekiel chapter 28. In verse 15. Lucifer was the most beautiful angel that God ever created. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. What was, what was that iniquity? 
It was pride. Isaiah 14, Julie, if you'll pull it up on the screen. Isaiah 14, verse 13. This is God talking about Lucifer. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is the crowning sin that started it all. Pride. And let me tell you this. The temptation of pride is the one thing that tipped the scale that caused the fall of mankind. Julie, if you will, put up Genesis 3 and verse 6. We all know the story. The serpent is talking to Eve about partaking of a fruit that God said, Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the days thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. But the Bible says, Genesis 3 and verse 6, that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the eyes. And that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the flesh. And a tree to be desired to make one wise, that's the pride of life. I will have something, I will know something that everybody else don't know. I'll have something that everybody else ain't got. Pride. The Bible says that she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. We all know the story. Pride. Here is a man, as I've stated, you would never look at this man and all the things that he has done in the outward and imagine that he was having a problem, but there was a problem in his heart, and the Holy Spirit bears it out. The Holy Spirit brings it out. It was a problem of pride. Is it possible that a person can be blessed so much that that blessing becomes a curse. Now I want you to think about that for just a minute. Let me say it again. Is it possible for a person to be blessed so much that that blessing becomes a curse? You know of people right now, and I do too, God has blessed them financially. They've gone out here and they've bought a camper or they've bought a boat, and they're not sitting in this service today because they're at the beach, they're at the mountains, they're somewhere off with that boat or somewhere with that camper. And they're not in the house of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking a vacation and going off once in a while. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But if that boat is taking you out of church every Sunday, sir, you've got a problem. That blessing has become a curse to you. Is it possible that Hezekiah was so blessed that his blessings became a curse? 
Did he begin to think that all of these blessings that he was experiencing, that all of Judah was experiencing, did he begin to think that all of this was his doing? Did he begin to think that all of this was because of some, some law or something that he instigated, something that he did? I don't know. Whatever it was, there was pride in his heart. It was hidden. And no one saw it. No one saw that it was there, but God saw it. So what does God do? He allows Sennacherib now, the king of Assyria, to come up and to expose this situation. And it was an issue of pride. Let me deal with something right here before I go further. There's an issue of pride in the church today. Much of the church growth programs that churches grab a hold of and they engage themselves in, it's not so much to grow the kingdom of God as it is to make the church look good. If you'll do this, you'll have a parking lot full of people every service. Our church is bigger than your church. Well, our church has a radio ministry. Yours don't. The sign sitting out in front of our church is better than your sign. We're on Facebook. Well, we've got a gym for the kids to come and play. Y'all don't have a gym. Well, we've got a bus, and y'all don't have a bus. We're running over 100 members in attendance at our church. Y'all ain't got but 25. Oh, I'm going to meddle a little bit with the denomination now and make some folks angry. But we get these letters out from time to time when our enterprises are needing donations. And then after all the donations have been sent in, they sent out a letter to all the churches letting everybody know who gave what. The Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. It's competition. That's what it is. Our church gave more money to this enterprise than your church did. Pride. We give awards for pride. That brother was here every Sunday for Sunday school for a whole year. We give him a certificate. We put names on the pews because this particular family bought five pews and put them in the new church sanctuary. Pride. Now what does Hezekiah do with the pride situation? Look at verse 14, 2 Kings 18, verse 14. He says, I'm sorry, Sennacherib, I, 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 I have offended you. If you'll turn away from it, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what I owe you, and I'll give it to you if you'll just leave us alone. Compromise. You know, the new church growth program of the day 
seeker-sensitive movement. Their thing today is to write letters and send them out into the community and ask the people what do they want as it pertains to church. And then you change your church and give the people in the community what they want. That's compromising. We're not compromising here at Friendship because I don't care what the community wants. I care what God wants. And you should get on board and you should want what God wants. Compromise. When you try to appease the world out here, you're compromising with the enemy. He says, I've offended you. The church today is scared to death. We're going to offend somebody with the word of God. When it comes to the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no compromise. Are you hearing me? You cannot compromise when it comes to the gospel because both parties lose. The church loses its conviction and the world out here will never get saved. And the king of Assyria, again, 2 Kings 18, verse 14. The king of Assyria appointed to Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. $20 million worth. He ain't got that kind of money. But he finds a way to give it over to the enemy. $20 million, that's a lot of money. But that's only a temporary thing. The church today is giving up more than that because what we're giving up has eternal consequences to it. Let's take a look at the silver and the gold. 2 Kings 18 verse 15. Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had laid and gave it to the king of Assyria it's a sad commentary on the part of king Hezekiah but I want you to notice here three times in two verses the Holy Spirit calls out Hezekiah's name although he listened to Shebna and the majority of the people, it was Hezekiah that made the final decision. Hezekiah was responsible for this damage being done to the house of God. How much damage is being done to the church today because of pride and compromise? You see, when pride and compromise is involved... We lose the silver. The silver typifies redemption, salvation. You see, you cannot preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and not address sin. But in a lot of churches today, sin is ignored because it might offend somebody. So we compromise. And people can't get saved 
when you compromise. Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross for our sin. It hits the heart of pride and tells people that they must humble themselves. Jesus said, unless you humble yourself as a little child, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. And we also lose the gold. The gold represents God. The gold represents the Spirit of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God. When we seek to please the world, when we do these things and we compromise in order to bring in a crowd, the presence of God leaves. I remind you of the church in the last days. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. The great sin of Hezekiah, pride and compromise, is the great sin of the modern church today. And whenever you have pride and compromise, Sennacherib is right around the corner. Trouble, the enemy. And what will the end result be? Come back next week and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.